0: I love the corn tortillas you have.
1: In yeah, I mean, kitchen. for me, like, when I eat my corn tortillas, I like for a tortilla, when you eat a taco in the morning or whenever, your hand smells like corn all damn day long. You know, that that's, to me, corny. Like, I tell people, you know, I have the corniest tacos or corniest tortillas <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> but, you know, it's because it's attention to just, you know, letting Mother Nature do its thing and try not to screw it up. So, yeah, my tortillas, you know, they have to be refrigerated or frozen because... Like I said, they're super, there's no preservatives in them, but when you eat them, you'll know the difference. And kind of what was my mission statement for my tortilla company was, I think everybody should be able to taste really good tortillas. And it's funny because I'll, I'll let some of my clients that are older, like say in their sixties. Mm. they eat my tortillas, and they're like, you know what, this, is, color, right? this is what tortillas used to taste like, oh, this is this is real, tr- this is how they used to taste, yeah, like, yeah. before all the bullshit was put in and all that. Mm-hmm. And- Chef Paul Morales, he's going to tell you
0: a little about himself, where he's from, how he got in the industry, went through it, and where he's at now, we're doing a little quick answer questions like we normally do, talk about a topic, and then do a little outro, so. Chef Paul, what's so, up, man?
1: Awesome! Thanks, you. Thank you for the opportunity to talk with you today, man. Like I was telling you earlier, uh, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I've never been on one, so I kind of feel like I'm on Rogan right now or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, like you said, my name is Chef Paul Morales. I'm uh, from San Antonio, Texas, born and raised. Uh, I come from the southeast side of town. Shout out to Goliad Military. Uh, I grew up in a meat locker. My grandfather had a meat company growing up, so I got to hang out in a in a cold cold, cold storage unit and hit the meat like Rocky and all that. So I've always had kind of like a a food or uh, background, you know. Um, my aunt worked across the way in a cheese a cheese warehouse, so I've always been around food. And then of course, when I first began, was able to work around, you know, 14 years old, because back in the in the early 90s, late 80s, you only had to be 14 to work. Uh, I started, I my first job was, uh, working at Fajita Junction. It's a little place. It was, it was supposed to be famous because they came up with the, the double drive through window. So it had two drive-throughs on each side of the building, but <laughs> right. it was still, we were still in the weeds the whole damn time, but you know, it was pretty fun. But yeah, so I, I kind of been around food my whole life, obviously I'm a, I'm a big and tall guy, so I love food. I've always, uh, you know. Obviously being Mexicano, we we're we're good eaters, huh? Yeah, we're good eaters, <laughs> but you know, we're we're uh we're used to um, you know, beans and tortillas and homemade tortillas and stuff like that. So and it was weird because when I went to culinary school, I kinda was a little I don't wanna say ashamed, but I was like and it was weird because one of the the main instructors would always say damn, you put a lot of cumin in everything. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, that's, cumin is my love language. You know? it's good. Do a little cumin and garlic mash and a Get That's a base for everything for me. But, yeah, so, you know, I've been around uh, San Antonio. I, I did move out for a while. I, I kind of wanted to get an outsider's experience. Uh, you know, I didn't want to just be stuck in San Antonio. So I've done a little time in uh, New Orleans. I worked uh, for John Besh at uh, John Besh and Alain Shia at Domenico Restaurant in the Roosevelt Hotel in Canal Street. I worked out there. I did a little stage at August. Um, then I worked in Los Angeles for a while. I worked in the end of at the at my end of the stay. I had a perfect job, man. I loved it. I was working for college chefs and it was just kind of like a I was executive chef overseeing like two or three sorority and fraternities. I was doing all the ordering and making sure that they had all the meals. And I even got to hire my daughter. She was my little sous chef out there. So we were living badass, dude. It was like having a banker's hours, you know, it was all school holidays were paid. We're off in the summer, it was great. And then of course, fucking COVID hit and screwed everything up. So I ended up coming back to San Antonio But before that, before that, I I lived in L.A. before, I went out there to go study uh, butchery under a master French butcher by the name of Jean-Claude Satin. This gentleman was a, a master French butcher. And the difference between French and American butchery is they have a lot more cuts and a lot more specialized, especially in the beef. Uh, there's just so many. They got the culotte, right? They got yeah, the, they have just so many things. The that, and yeah, things the that buffet. people normally don't yeah, use. No, yeah. They like chewy in their meat. Yeah, they like a lot of stuff like that. And then their presentation was just oh, beautiful. Like, we used to do these things. I like French. Oh man, I can't even, I, I, I'm smoking too much, I guess. I, I forget a lot of stuff, but <laughs> I, uh, there's just the presentations, the way you do it and you wrap the fat, the beef fat, the the pork fat around a meatball, and you make it look uh, all badass, and put herbs in it, and man, I miss it, but, so I was living out there, working under him for about a year, then I came back home, I opened up a Smoke shop meat market with Chris Conger and the group from out there from Smoke Shop. good family, shout out to Chris and his wife, um, but yeah, man, so we, we, uh, I like Smoke Shop. opened up um, Smoke Shop. started a, a sausage program, you know, I love, I love tubed meats sausages of all kinds um, you know that's another another one of my side projects I'm working on right now I'm doing like a Mexican charcuterie I call it carnes um, especiales and it's kind of like it's not. We're not doing any whole muscle dry cures. It just takes too damn longs. So I don't have the refrigeration in the room to let some things chill like for thin two years. Yeah, but I do a lot of sausages and, and I like to do a lot of terrines, man. Terrines. I've always loved uh, terrines. Terrines are just if you don't know, guys, what terrines are, pates. It's just fancy ass meatloaves. Is all they are. Mm-hmm. It's just a meatloaf, but I you know I use Southwest flavor profiles. I do a real good one people like. It's a chorizo and egg where I do like an inlay of hard boiled eggs inside of a farce of chorizo. It's really good menudo tureens, you know who says you have to eat menudo only in the summer i mean only in the winter i do a cold menudo presentation on top of avocado and a tostada on the window on like head cheese kind it's kind of thing? like a head cheese but it's you know it's it's menudo yeah, and yeah it's got you know all the flavor profiles in it you still have your hominy in there your your lemon cilantro and there because i remember seeing menudo
0: after it's in the fridge and it's like a yeah, oh, it's exactly yeah.
1: And, you know, they put the pata in there. Yeah, that's that's how they it. put the you. Yeah, man, I love that. Aww. You know, natural gelatin, all that stuff. That's all in my wheelhouse. You know, I love that stuff. But recently, more recently, now I'm starting to get more into. Well, I guess from living out in California, a more kind of a healthier. I'll never be a healthy guy, and I'll never, <laughs> and I'll never be, and I'll never be, vegan. But you know, I've been moving towards more of a pagan pegan actually not pagan. <laughs> pegan which is like paleo and vegan to where i only eat meat so many times a week and i try to do like 75 percent vegetables oh, wow. and the reason why i do that man is just health reasons you know i was i've always been a big guy yeah but i mean shit in my heaviest i think i was like 450 pounds and now i'm at i'm sitting at about three but i really want to get down to about 225 oh, okay. and i kind of am a little upset about you know San Antonio is like one of the fattest cities in the United States and a lot of it is diet yeah I think so you know it's a lot of processed foods but that's all about America I think what really makes San Antonio kind of fatter is the the, the attitude that we have towards eating in San Antonio you know a lot of a lot of Mexicanos that I know we were kind of raised like you know you got to eat all the food on your plate and you gotta don't waste nothing and this and that and you know, that kind of in, in makes you in your mind go like, shit, I have to just overeat, overeat, overeat. And then, of course, you know, you have your beans, your refried beans with all the fat and all that. And I think that there we can still have good flavor profiles, but just a little bit healthier. Like I said, I'm never going to be that guy, that vegan guy, you know, the guy that's all talking about, oh, this and that. Like, you have to cut this out and cut that out. I think, you know, with moderation and if you can just change your mindset, you know, that's part of like in my with well, my tortilla company, Ancient Heirloom Grains, I take heirloom varietal corns, non-GMO, and then I mix them with a little bit of local hmm. corn from Barton Springs. Shout out to Barton Springs. Uh, we, they have a blue corn that they get from up up by the panhandle, it's closer to, you know... The, and
0: that's from Texas grain, it's like super starchy kind of
1: stuff? Yeah, it's really good stuff, man, it's really good. I mean, I get, from them I get bolito, which is a little, the round ones, usually from Mexico, from Oaxaca, from mm-hmm. Hacienda, I get Oaxacan co- uh, corn, and I get uh, cornico, because I just like the starchiness of that one, but plus it's it cooks more evenly, because it's long, mm-hmm. instead of fat and short. Uh-huh. So, so we kind of cook them separate and then in the grind process we mix them together but you know if you look at the stats on my tortillas there's only three ingredients corn water and cow which is the The slick line line, that's what uh, allows it to be your body to process it and that's it there's no extra additives and stuff and like i was always like kind of wondering like how the hell do we get these tortillas from heb for a dollar you get a dozen for a dollar right put them in your pantry, not even refrigerated. And those damn things will last for like two months, no mold or nothing. How is that possible? Well, it's because they're full of freaking chemicals and preservatives and all these things that are unhealthy. So yeah, my tortillas are, are more expensive, obviously. I mean, it's heirloom corn. They're, in my opinion, they're the best tasting. I mean, you had those migas today. What did you think? No, the migas are great. I love the
0: corn tortillas you have.
1: In yeah, I mean, for me, like, when I eat my corn tortillas, I like for the tortilla, when you eat a taco in the morning or whenever, your hand smells like corn all damn day long. You know, that, that's, to me, corny. Like I tell people, you know, I have the corniest tacos or corniest tortillas <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> but, you know, it's because it's attention to just, you know, letting Mother Nature do its thing and try not to screw it up. So yeah, my tortillas, you know they have to be refrigerated or frozen because, like I said they're super there's no preservatives in them, but when you eat them you'll know the difference and kind of that's what was my mission statement for my tortilla company was I think everybody should be able to taste really good tortillas, and it's funny because i'll I'll let some of my clients that are older, like say in their sixties. They eat my tortillas and they're like, you know what? This, is, talent, right? this is what tortillas used to taste like. Oh, shit. This, is, this is real. Tor- this is how they used to taste yeah, like yeah. before all the bullshit was put in and all that. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's the biggest compliment, you know. And that's kind of one of my special memories is like my grandma lived on the west side. And it seemed to me like on the west side at the end of every block there was for somehow there was a molino. And a little panaderia, <laughs> and everybody would just walk in the morning with their coffee to go get their pan dulce and, and some fresh tortillas for the day, or some masa for tamales or sopes or whatever. Como que era. And you know, I kind of wanted to have that feel with my tortillas. So, and I think I think we pull it off. You know, I I partnered up with uh, Raimundo Escamilla, which is he owns a uh, Colonial Tortillas over off Guadalupe. And it was weird how I met him is because I was in Los Angeles. And sometimes I would just miss home so bad in L.A., you know. So I would always still follow Texas Monthly magazine and current okay. and, and all the Trying local... Trying to see what the local... Yeah, see what's happening is. locally. And I remember reading this, 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 uh, this article by Jose R- Ralat, the, the taco guy from Texas Monthly. And uh, he was talking about Raimundo And I was like, man, I want to meet this guy. So eventually when I came back home after the pandemic... I was like, you know what? I'm freaking out. I, luckily, I was enough, you know, you get paid pretty decent out in L.A., so I had to stack some money up. I came back to Texas, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just buy a freaking food truck and just see what happens. So I bought the food truck stupidly because I didn't do any kind of research. It was kind of an impulse buy. And when I got this huge truck, Yeah, uh, it still records, I was a... Uh, I didn't realize that you need like a 2,500 engine truck to pull these damn things. I was stupidly thinking, oh, I'll just borrow my brother's 1,500 or I'll just get like a cheap old Ford 1,500 and I could pull my truck around. Well, my trailer weighs like 9,000 pounds and I was like, damn. So I had to like park it for a while and then then I realized, oh, I need a freaking, I guess they changed the law of having a, the suppression, the, mm-hmm. the Ansel system in the trailer. So that was another thing I wasn't expecting. That put me back another three Gs I wasn't expecting. So it just seemed like every time I was about to open, something would happen. Then I was finally, I got that put in, and then I had a gas leak. had to pay another couple grand for that. And I was like, San Antonio, man, this thing is costing me so much money. So I just kind of put it on the back burner, and I was thinking, well, you know what? I'm having trouble anyway finding a decent tortilla here. Yeah, yeah. What if I kind of shift my focus and, and work and make, on, on, on making some tortillas. So I looked into it. I found a, a good source for corn. And I went to, I had to have gone to at least a dozen Molinos before I, I, I uh, got a hold of Raimundo. And, and a lot of people, they didn't want to do it because a lot of these Molinos in San Antonio, you think they're actually cooking corn back there, but it's just maseca. All they're doing is just adding water to these big bags. <laughs> so I finally found one, and I, I was able to be put in touch because I, I'm kind of ashamed to admit it, but I don't speak fluent Spanish, you know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I speak kitchen Spanish, or, you know, you want to go to Mexico, I can hang for, in Mexican restaurants and ordering food and going shopping and stuff like that. But I can't really express myself. No, yeah, I'm in, the same in, way, and in, in, in sale, you know. Being and able to, like,
0: like make a thought. Right, Mexican is a lot harder for me. Exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> and you know, and you know, I understand my parents. You know, we, I was one of four kids, and uh, I guess we outnumbered our parents. And they purposely didn't teach us Spanish so they could have a private conversation without us hearing what they're saying. I think, <laughs> at least that's my that's my, my theory. But so so there was a, a language barrier. So I had brought one of my close friends, Alex Cortez. Shout out to Alex. He was like my translator. And uh eventually, you know, we started just talking through the translator app. And then now his son is there and he speaks English. And I picked up a lot more Spanish because of that. But yeah. I'm not where I want to be yet. But I, I'll get there. But so we started this tortilla company. And, you know, like I said, I was having trouble finding people to do it because nobody was. You have a lot of tortilla factories yeah, in San Antonio.
0: Maseca, like the dried masa, But
1: they're just adding water to corn. Water to my, to the flour, you know, yeah. and they're putting in a hopper or whatever, like a sausage thing, sausage grinder, sausage mixer, and then they're pumping it out. So, I, I, I overcame that obstacle, and then, you know, I, I was getting a little pushback in San Antonio because, you know, San Antonio people are, are and I'm the same way, we're very frugal. We're like, man, how are you going to charge $4 for a t- dozen tortilla? Well, I mean corn is outrageous right now uh heirloom corn and then shipping and everything so in yeah. order for us to make a, a profit you know we have to charge us. but i think it's worth it still i mean these tortillas are phenomenal they have very good taste they're to me they're they're the best tortillas in town so then when i was going around wholesaling trying to get them in restaurants i have a couple restaurants you know okay uh, my my one of my mentors uh steve McHugh. You know, he's a guy that taught me a lot about charcuterie. You know, he put them in the, on his menu at Landrace. Uh, Ernest Cervantes from Burnt Bean was using them for a while, but then he was like, "Man, you know what? People just want flour tortillas with this with this brisket." You know, yeah, yeah. I, I sell so much bri- uh, so much flour. flour, so so I understood that. But uh, you know, I got a couple of breweries, Gather Brewery, some other places, and, and you know, but a lot of people were saying, you know, it's cost prohibitive. And they're like, or the other thing I was getting were, is like, oh, we, we make our own tortillas in house, and I was like, oh, so you're cooking and grinding here? And he goes, oh no, we're just, we're you just, uh, yeah, exactly what you're I was saying. like, it's not the same, man. The texture's not the same. That, you know, but you know, it's beating a dead horse some at to some point. <laughs> I, it's just you know, so I'm kind of focusing more on on the retail end now. I do have, like I said, some wholesale clients, but the, the tortillas are a little bit cost prohibitive.
0: I mean, to me, and then the the brands of the the dried corn is all the same.
1: Yeah, you and know, they're using yeah the, they're using commodity corn, yeah. B corn. You know what I mean? Like that corn, just for instance, a commodity B corn. If you were to go get a fifty pound bag of corn, it's fifteen cents a pound. My corn that I get from Mexico is a dollar five a pound. The corn I get from Barton Springs, which is a certified organic, yeah. is two dollars and thirty six a pound. <laughs> so this is how you see how it, the the prices so the prices are. Already- but you know what? It's like this. It's like they say. You know, it, you get what you pay for. You mm-hmm. know, if you want that other stuff, and they're fine. I mean, I was raised on those tortillas, you know, nachos and all that. But you know, now that I know better, and if and if I have the opportunity to get a higher quality product, I don't mind paying paying that much for, for yeah, yeah. you know to me it's worth it you know just like they say you know you're going to pay now cheap and then pay later in hospital bills when you get all these diseases <laughs> from all this crap you've been eating or yeah. do you want to pay a little bit more now and, and prevent, your, better, yeah. prevent yourself from getting to that point exactly so yeah so that's so you know the whole tortilla the tortilla company has, has been really fun and I've met a lot of cool people and I've, I got to do a lot of awareness spreading about you know the, the milpa
0: mm-hmm. the
1: milpa society i guess it's like you know it's 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 regenerative like i just did a south by southwest uh function a couple of weeks ago and the theme of it was uh sustainability and they were talking about you know different sources of protein i did i, I think i did a i did a, a mushroom pastor tostada mm-hmm. so uh, there's this phenomenal mushroom warehouse out in buddha it's called stronghold yeah or smallhold smallhold sorry sorry travis smallhold mushrooms man (laughs) this place it's like a freaking uh a storage place but then you walk in and it's nothing but walk-ins and they're just growing mushrooms dude on beds and everything beautiful man beautiful and i'm talking like huge mushrooms like the mushroom one of the mushrooms was as big as my fist dude like huge trumpet king mushrooms man the flavor was good, and then they were using, um, and then I was using Chiquitanas, which is flying ants. The Chiquitanas are, I mean, a lot of people know them from that Netflix episode with uh, the guy we were talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enrique Olvera. Mm-hmm. Well, in Oaxaca, there's a, a a season of about two weeks where these, these Chiquitanas hatch, and it's kind of like you know here in Texas when we get that one part of the season where all those damn butterflies are everywhere. And yeah. They're just everywhere. You're just hitting your windshield. You're hitting your windshield. Your grill is full of freaking. <laughs> well, that's how it is with these things. And people go out there with these big nets and they grab and they just they harvest them and they dry them out. But you know, sustainability. People, we're gonna you know, we're gonna have to start eating different things for protein. Variety, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, certain fish you can't get certain. And then the quality of these, uh, the meat you get now is just so bad, and the feedlots, and oh, it's just nasty. But, you know, that part of that was, I was saying, you know, in order for us to look forward, sometimes we have to look backwards. Yeah, yeah. You know, our ancestors, the Aztecs and the Mesoamericans or the Central Americas, they figured out, you know, if we cook this corn in the water that was from the ash of this tree that burned, it allowed the corn to break down, and we can... Digest it. We can digest it, you know what I mean? And You were able to to get nutrition out of it. And then they took it a step further and they said, okay, well, we can grow this corn. But you know what? If we put a patch of squash here and beans here, then we're getting getting nitrogen from the beans. Mm -hmm. And then the squash, we're getting the shade. And it it becomes like a cycle. And it regenerates the land. So they don't have to switch uh, plots so much. You can do a lot more in a small piece of land because... You don't have to wait a season for the for the land to recoup because because of that everything's and, grown together. Yeah, and these yeah. things have been doing them for thousands of years, you know. <laughs> and now that's like common practice in in some of these and regenerative regenerative farms. Do
0: the slash and burn afterwards too, right? Yeah. So yep. So they'll burn it down afterwards.
1: Yeah, it helps us soil. You get that, but yeah. So I was talking to them, and I was like, you know, sometimes in order for us to look forward, we have to look back. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm very proud, you know, that my, our ancestors, you know, were the the ones, you know, we were technically called the people of the corn, the bronze people, or whatever, because, <laughs> you know, our whole civilizations were based on corn, raising corn. It helped us from not having to be nomads and run around everywhere. We could set down and set roots and yeah. build, you know. And that's how they built the pyramids and all these things down there. So. I thought that was pretty cool. I've always been a fan of history and stuff like that, so I love stuff like that.
0: No, the milpa whole thing, I've researched that, just being around food so much. You know, you, I'm sure every chef like us made a dish based on the milpa. Yeah, you know. exactly. <laughs> it's interesting, you know? Corn, squash
1: beans. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's your dish, man. It's the story on the Yo. plate, you know. It's calabacita right there in a nutshell, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Add some pork, you're done with it, bro. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, man. That's... I throw a little cabbage in mine. So oh, mine. yeah, man. I love it. I love it. That was one of my dishes that I was so, I was so happy, you know. Before my mom, my mom passed away at an early age. She had a disease called scleroderma, so she died at like 49, but I was very fortunate that I learned, you know, her calabacita de puerco. I learned and her cala guisada I learned mm. and those are my go-to comfort homey meals, you know yeah, and I'm yeah. feeling depressed or something, I'll whip up some cala cita, makes <laughs> everything right in the universe, and especially with these ancient American, uh, ancient heirloom grain tortillas Yeah.
0: Shit.
1: but yeah, so so yeah, so that's how I got, so that's where I got to so that I also have the, my food truck, which I'm about to ramp up now I finally got everything, I'm, I'm good to go. I got inspected and all that stuff, and I'm set up over here at the new Chef Co-op over off Crosswinds 35. Hmm. Steve Pappocki's place, the uh, Black Gold Garlic guy. He had, yeah, yeah. He took over at when when I first when we first went there. It was like about 20 stalls, like 20 bays, right? And majority of them, I want to say 90% of them, were car mechanic places. Yeah. And now if you go there now, there's about 12 food trucks. Uh, uh, commercial kitchen yeah
0: i've been there a couple of years ago yeah
1: it, it's it's awesome now so so and what's cool about it is that it's right next to a an amazon distribution center that's about to open up a huge huge so you know they're gonna have thousands of employees there so i've kind of been holding back until that opens up because
0: oh, i want to be able to do
1: like breakfast tacos in the morning breakfast and lunch and then focus on my other stuff at
0: night okay. just building up that area where y'all yeah that at. area
1: i mean it's right there along 35 and where where's Block Parkway mm-hmm. runs into O'Connor and Thirty Five, it's right there. So it's, it's, it's uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to leave Central San Antonio or downtown area, Southtown area, St. Mary's area. But shit, San Antonio is so big, man. I mean, yeah, it is big. There's, there's more to San Antonio than just For the sure. strips, you know, in Southtown. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool down there. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to have a house down there. There's a lot
0: of stuff off Thousand Oaks up here too. You know. Yeah, Dashi. Oh man, yeah, Dashi, I love Dashi. Dashi.
1: Uh, Christina, she does good stuff, man. And I was stoked when she opened that place up because I was like, man, that's in my hood right there. Girl, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's she likes a lot of. She's like me. She likes. She has like about three or four awful dishes. I think I had some ears there. And yeah, she has there. Spicy
0: listeners and talkers. It's like ears and tongues. Yeah, ears and it's tongues. Thin, yeah, you know, I love like that. I'm
1: a, I'm a big awful guy, man. Yeah. you know. And I think I, I think I love awful so much is because being the son of a butcher, you know, when you're a butcher. You sell all the steak, and you sell all the good stuff, and then you get what's what's left. You mm-hmm. know, you get the trepa, you get the cheek. Yeah. You get, you know, the... The, the, the liver. The soup bone, you know. Before calo yeah. was a thing. Before, now it's fancy, but... And it's crazy to see how much these prices have gone up. Man, you got trepas? Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm telling you, bro. Have you, have you looked at tongue? How much tongue is now? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I almost spent $40 for one tongue. I used to be able to get a tongue for like 10 bucks, dude. Dude, yeah. I remember when fajitas were like a dollar ninety nine a pound. That was the good old days, man. That was in the early 90s, you know. But, yeah. Brisket, now it's all Brisket like, también, dude. Brisket is outrageous.
0: Well, the demand went up and the supply just stayed the same, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, you only get two briskets per cow. Yeah, you only you get know? two. You only get one tongue per cow. And
0: the fajita, if you get the actual, like, the inside skirt or the flank, there's not that much yeah. to that, you yeah. know, unless you got a massive, massive cow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, <laughs> you man. You only get two, you know. A hanger steak, you get one per cow for yep. doing that. So you that's, know? you know, I
1: can understand, you know, those things. But the things that they used to throw away are yeah. now, I mean, look at sweetbreads. You know, it's always been that way. You know, mollejas yes or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: My grandpa, we used to get buckets of them from the auction Yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, like, they
1: used to throw that stuff. But they used to feed it to the other animals. Yeah, we, yeah. It was cannibals. Yeah. <laughs>
0: boil it, take the membrane, then saute it, and there yeah, yeah, you go, know. Yeah,
1: exactly, man. It's crazy how... how, how how things have changed. Things that used to be peasant. So if you look in and throughout, even in, you know, especially French cuisine, some of the best, most classical dishes started out as peasant food. Coco yeah. vin, you know what I mean? Beef bourguignon. These things were, you know, cheese stews. Cheese, yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah, braises. I love braises. Some of my favorite things to eat take three or four days to cook, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But that's why you gotta make a shit ton of it. So, that, <laughs> <laughs> so make it work your while.
0: No, I like braises. It's, fucking... it's easy, it's simple, and it's, it's going to taste good. Oh, yeah.
1: It's going to taste good. It is. And, you know, you change the whole texture of the meat. You know, you take something that's you could chew on for four days or you just cook it. Cook it long and slow. Yeah.
0: But, man, it just
1: melts in your mouth.
0: Yep, the breakdown process of the proteins, you know, just like yep. anything slow and low after a while. You know, I think it's like 200... 10 or 220 degrees and above, like proteins will slowly start breaking oh, down. Oh, yeah.
1: I love it. And, and then all that collagen and stuff gets into the stock, into whatever braising liquid, and it just makes a sauce 10 times yeah, yeah. better. You know what I mean? of oh, water. I love it. I love it. I love it. Man, you're making me hungry. Today's day two of my fast. I've got three more days to go. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I can't
0: do that. I was telling you, I was like, I
1: can't do that. Oh, I'm on a mission. So I'm on a mission. That's my next project that I want to do. Like, we were talking about how the conception of Mexican food and the correlation between Mexican food and unhealthiness is uh, my my job, what I want to do, and hopefully, I got a meeting tomorrow with my good friend, Joel Rivas. He does, uh, he does he has a couple 501c3s. He has Herd, which is a... Uh, yeah, Joel? Joel, Joel. yeah. He, he's the one that does for the mental health and for addiction in the kitchen, mm-hmm. which is a fucking huge problem. I mean, I mean... I'm forty six, dude. I've been working in kitchens my whole life, and I've seen that shit's real, dude. People burn themselves out. yeah, and you know, and they turn to alcohol and drugs because
0: that's all they've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's vicious their cycle for so long.
1: Yeah, and then he also now he's doing uh, he does the Saint City stuff too. So I want to do my thing is is like I I want to give back to my community. I, I think in order for you to be successful, you have to your purpose has to be to help people. So yeah. what I want to do is I want to change the attitude of Mexican food and unhealthiness. I don't see why Mexican food has to be unhealthy. So I want to start a 501 C three called vital taco, which is going to spread awareness. I want to get involved. You got to start, to start them early with the kids. You know, you got to change the mindset when are when you're young before they can develop into, you know, they have their set ways. So, I want to be able to go and teach these kids how to make, you know, good Mexican food, but healthy, healthier versions of this stuff. You know, like I said, I'm never going to be that guy that's like, oh, I'm never going to eat a flour tortilla again or something yeah. like that. But, you know, moderation, man. You know, I mean, if I don't watch myself, I can sit down and I can eat, I can kill six taco breakfast tacos in the morning. No problem, dude. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, yeah you know, and then I'm going to be all full all day and bloated and then it takes the wind out my sails and, you know. Just have to change the eating habits. So that's yeah. the dream, man. That's what I want to start working on next. That's my next project is I want to start uh, a nonprofit uh, and just get educating these kids. Take my food truck to the school, you know, mm-hmm. and show them like, this is a healthy taco. I mean, yeah, yeah. this is what you're used to, and this is what this is what's healthy. You know, know the difference. Well, even just the tortillas, like you're talking. Yeah, about. and start oh, with yeah. the tortilla. You know, yeah. I believe if you can't claim to have the best tort taco if you don't have the best tortilla to begin with. yeah, It starts from the foundation, you know what I mean? My tortillas, a five and a half inch corn tortilla that I sell, that I make, is 10 calories. And it yeah, it's carbs, but it's low glycemic. It's not
0: mm. like it Doesn't wheat. make your sugar spike or nothing yeah, like that. Yeah, it's not
1: like wheat. It's not gonna create the insulin buildup and all that. So you start with that, and then you know, you don't have to refry your beans. You can take a good black bean, and mash it, and add coconut oil to it, mm-hmm. or you can add, you know, just vegetable stuff. Fat, you
0: know, yeah, you can eat some kind of fat. Yeah, fats aren't equal.
1: Yeah, all fats yeah. aren't equal. You know, it's when you put the freaking the margarine or the freaking uh, yeah. the corn or the soy the yeah, bad the, the bad weird yeah that's when things. you add that to the beans. I'm sure they're delicious. I mean, I've all, we've Real all pork eaten fat them. Is better than the margarine. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, tallow, yeah, tallow and and. and uh, you know, I've done. You know, like our guys over there in Nixta. You know, they do their freaking duck fat. Oh yeah, beans. Okay, yeah. I mean, shit, duck fat is is also good for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's better it's than a- it's yeah. better than the hydrogenated oils that you exactly. get. And then I get it. You know, you're in a restaurant or you're you know you're on a limited budget. You're not gonna spend ten dollars on a freaking pint of duck fat when you can get a <laughs> fucking gallon of this. Poison for two dollars. I mean and, I, I get it. I get it. You know, but the thing is don't you don't eat like that every day. You know, you're not gonna have that every day. And yeah. why can't you just leave the bean whole? You know? Throw some vegetables in there. Yeah. Throw some freaking kale in there.
0: Anything, cabbage.
1: You know, you know what I mean? Put, yeah, it, put it in the in robocoup and a Vitamix, you don't even, even taste it. Yeah, puree the vegetables, Yeah, just puree them in there. Yeah, you won't even taste it. Just try not to go ham on the salt, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Put a lot of cilantro in there, some herbs, some herbage. You good to go, man. There, it's all how you look at it. You know, yeah. it's it's. Of course, you know those are comfort meals, man. I mean, I, I I'm the same way. I mean, shit, I love freaking tamales, man. But you know what? This past this past Christmas, I took my masa and instead of adding the pork fat, I added coconut oh, really? coconut oil. You know, and how did that it, come out? It came out bomb, dude. Couldn't even really tell. Really? Couldn't even tell. I mean, because you're going to put other stuff in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're you going to put all the spices and the, the meat in And then sometimes
1: it and we, you, you know, you could do the sweet tamales where they add sugar and all that. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can add other sugars. You don't have yeah. to, you don't know, add, you know.
0: No, there's so many available now. There's yeah. like mung beans, stevia, freaking Splenda. Yeah, there's I mean, all I mean, kinds of There's all stuff. kinds of other things. And, you, you know. not sugar. And I, I've been, you know, I've honey, been. Honey, agave. Honey yeah. And agave, and agave like syrup. All that stuff.
1: But I've been noticing, you know, there's a. There's a, in order to be successful, I think you have to be just a little bit healthier. Like, if you go too far and, like, super restrictive, like, I mean, some things, like, I can't Yeah, I can't this. do
0: cold turkey this or, whole, like, I'm going to change my life tomorrow because that's never happened
1: to me. Yeah, <laughs> not just that, but, like, as far as, like, I call them, I, t- I tell my wife, like, Devil foods, like what the hell is cheese, nut cheese? Like, I know, I get it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would <laughs> rather just not have cheese way than to eat
0: some kind of nut have cheese. Have you seen the, the carrot <laughs> hot dogs? So it's like a carrot that looks like a hot, and it's all slimy, dude. I'm like, oh, I want to have that.
1: I mean, I, I'm, not, oh. I'm not, I'm not. I mean, some people love that stuff. And, well, you know, more like, more well, why don't you give me a roasted carrot? Like, there you go. You know, I mean, like, like why, do, why do we have to bastardize it? Why, yeah, why can't you just not have it? And, and, <laughs> don't try to make it into something else. Because for one, it never tastes the same. And then sometimes when they're doing all these chemical things to make it no, some other not, form, you're You're back adding, to adding all the damn carrot. Like if you look at some of that Impossible meat. It's got something like a hundred freaking ingredients in it, dude. Yeah. Like, to make it look like meat. Well, just don't eat the freaking meat, man. Yeah. Just have ground up mushrooms or something What is in
0: hemoglobin it? extracted from plant
1: cells?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they even add, like, color
1: to make it look, like, bloody. You ever yeah, seen like, that? Like, the beet juice or something, like, to make it well, look like it's medium began. rare?
0: They, I saw one of them. I don't know who it is, but they're getting hemoglobin somehow from plants, which is what's in your blood naturally.
1: I don't know, I think by definition, that's not even possible, right? Well, I was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, like, because <laughs> if you look at the Latin word for great chemo, I think true. means blood, right, yeah, yeah. or something like that. I was like, plants don't have blood. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they're re- redefining what blood is then, I guess, I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm, and, I'm not, and, and I don't mean to talk shit about vegans, and I love vegans, I have some very good vegan friends, and like I said, but I've, I've noticed I sh- it's not
0: as healthy as you would think it would be. Yeah, you know, like, it's tonic. not,
1: when, when you start adding all these chemicals to make a substance something that it's not, I think just don't eat that. You know, yeah, yeah. just eat something else, replace it with something else. Unless else. it
0: is good, and it's like, there's five ingredients, something. okay, cool. Yeah. This is cool, you they know, made it's, something it's, up. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's just like, you know, it kind of defe- like you said, it defeats the purpose. You're trying to eat healthier, but then you're adding all these chemicals to make it look like something that it's not, and then you're right back. To thinking, you might as well eat the original, yeah. you know? Well I mean, I get it too. Might as well, well kill a lot of it too isn't just health; it's ethics. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, well, exactly. oh, you don't, you shouldn't kill this or you mm-hmm. shouldn't kill that. I, I get it, but it's you're always gonna, you know, being a son of a butcher, you're never gonna win that argument <laughs> with me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I believe, yeah, I don't think animals should suffer. No, I think these feedlots yeah. are bad. Yes, but I mean, with that the meat you get at the farmers market, you know, Travis does really good with his stuff. Uh, what is, um, what is the name of his farm? Kraus. Yeah, Charles, Charles. he sold it. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. it was wow. Parker Creek Ranches. Parker Creek. Wow, yeah, he yeah, sold yeah. it. Okay. Oh, well, good for him. Hopefully, he can walk away with some money. Because yeah. I know farming is expensive as hell. I don't know if he sold the meat, but I know he sold all the eggs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he. I, th- I think. Oh, no. Because at one point, Mariana was doing the eggs. Because I remember Peeler Farms was eggs first before they had meat. Mm-hmm. Or I think Peeler Farms was always a meat farm, but she had her own thing, which was the eggs. Because I remember. When I worked for for Chef Steve McHugh at, uh, shit, back in the day at, what was it called? Restaurant Luke. Yeah. We would get all our chicken from her. And she would just come and bring all these chickens and and the eggs, too. Because we used to get the free boiled eggs at happy hour and stuff. (laughs) I miss that place, man. It's range now. It's cool. Dating does a good job. But, but yeah, man. Like, Texas, I, I think you can get these good meats. And people are always, you know, you get back to the thing where... Oh, it's so expensive, it's so expensive, but is it really expensive? I mean, if, for one, you shouldn't be, I mean, and I I can't believe I'm about to say this because I'm the, you shouldn't be eating a 16-ounce steak. Oh, no, not every every week. I mean, that's, I mean, you really need only about four to six ounces of meat per per meal per serving. And anything over that you're you're killing yourself. But it's that mentality that forces these producers to produce so much meat because we just gorge and gorge and gorge. I mean yeah. I'm guilty bro. I'll go to Chama Gacha or T to with a chow and I'll, I'll I'll put some meat down, bro. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But uh, you know It's the meat sweats I mean. up <laughs> Literally bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's I'm a work in progress, you know. I but I as think as everyone I, is at, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, with my, with my Vital Taco concept, I want to be able to train these younger kids and anybody who's willing to listen that, you know, we don't, San Antonio doesn't have to be the fattest city, one of the fattest cities in Texas. or You don't have to give up certain things to yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Obviously, we got to hold ourselves accountable. You can't just go ham and just go <laughs> crazy. But you can still have some good stuff. Just don't go crazy and, and just source it from a good place. Yeah. You know? Just be responsible. Everything
0: you're talking about, I mean, you're already doing that with your tortillas. Now, yeah. So, All right, so it's, it's like real quick questions. I usually ask people. I've done it quite a few times. And it's just like break the ice kind of thing. And like people get to know you a little bit on a different side versus just us talking about cooking the whole time for a second. Okay. That's so like a, like one I told you earlier. Is a, what's your most overrated ingredient in your opinion?
1: Overrated ingredient? I don't know. I'm gonna probably have to say truffle. I mean, and you know, a lot of people say truffle because they're so damn expensive. I mean, I, like I love the oil them more
0: than I do the actual truffle. I,
1: I love, I love, I love truffles, but uh, they're very strong. You know, you don't need that much. But you know, I, I'm guilty. Like you know, you go to, you know, like when me and my wife we went to, uh, we got married up in Napa, and we were. Uh, you want to add the truffle option? Of course I'm going to say we're gonna yes. You know, a little bit. You're, freaking, you're sitting at a Thomas Keller restaurant. How are you not going to have the truffles? But to try to put truffle in everything, like I was, another example, I was out in Los Angeles, man. And I used to work at this farmer's market with the, with the, the French butcher. And there was a little bur, a burrito joint. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm going to be that guy. Truffles have no freaking place in burritos, dude. I don't think so. I mean, what's, why? Like, why? But, there they go. (laughs) Adding truffle to everything. Truffle fries. And when you start seeing truffle and freaking Jack in the Box commercials.
0: Oh, yeah. When they have their truffle
1: aioli or or whatever. You know, by the time it trickles down to freaking fast food. That's, that's annoying.
0: Yeah. Well, that's weird because usually it's uh a. the peasant food going yeah the yes, other way but now it's like the rich people's <laughs> days coming down you know? yeah
1: <laughs> yeah no i guess you know i guess truffle is an e- easy target too yeah, yeah. i mean don't get me wrong i love truffle do you like white or black better oh, it depends white white i
0: like white as in the oil and everything in the flavor the black is cool you know
1: i like black and i i, I just like to i like the black for when i used to do a lot of my pates and stuff i like the way that the, oh, okay. black, the black look, truffles look in the forest, up, yeah. you know it looks nice or you have a, like a you have a big chunk of truffle then you have a big lardon, just a big white piece of fat in there and you mm-hmm. have like some card uh, some like a uh, green peppercorn or so something aesthetically too yeah, yeah aesthetically yeah. i just love the it looks like a damn art to me mm-hmm. you know what i mean like when you take a, a beautiful tureen and you slice it and you see all these all these inlays and you have like a a rabbit loin freaking inlay or something like that. Oh, that shit just turns me on, bro. <laughs> just went from six p.m. to midnight. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, Blunter
0: bowl. What's your favorite? Bowl. Bowl. Yeah.
1: On the bowl. I don't know. I grew up in the in the in the nineties, bro. When, Swishers. when when Swishers and... first came out, and it was Cypress Hill. Now if I hit a blunt, man, that shit hurts my damn lungs. It's like I don't know I probably lost about ten years off of my life between blunts and gravity bombs, dude. Oh shit! The gravity yeah, yeah, bombs yeah. is another thing, bro. You just get, <laughs> that smoke is so hot, and it's like holy shit, man! I just burnt my lungs, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit. Beer one, oh. That's a tough one, man. Because I love—I'm a wino, but you're a wino. I'm a wino. I slowly,
0: as I get older, I creep into the wines, like the reds. Oh my god, dude! Well, that's what I
1: loved about living in freaking LA is that when I was living in LA, I was two hours from Central Coast and five and a half hours to Napa. So, and I had weekends off.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you said it. Was so bad. you do,
1: you, and you know me. I'm an, I'm from Texas, bro. I'll drive nine hours, no problem, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, if I leave at five in the morning, it's like, I I'll be there by two in the afternoon, two an hour and a half. You know, yeah. Real. Like uh, I love Reds. I love Central Coast. I love Pinots, but I do love a good char, dude. I li- I love a good miner. I love you know. I love. In my older in my older age, I like. Probably I want to say wine more, but I do love craft beer too. Now.
0: I'm a yeah, I'm a big hop head. Is what well. I always tell people. You know, and then
1: that was the other thing when you're I was living in. I, I people are being like, damn, this dude, why don't just move back to L.A. Well, on the other side of that, San Diego has some of the best IPAs in that state. Yeah,
0: West Coast IPA. dude. Oh my God!
1: You know, and you know, so yeah. <laughs> but if I had to be press I'm gonna have to say wine. Wine. Damn. Yeah. Um, all
0: right. All right. Yeah. was surprised a little bit. Yeah.
1: yeah. You can't tell by the gut, but yeah. <laughs> My wife loves wine too. We're we're both winos. We're actually thinking about moving the to tortilla factory out to Fredericksburg. Oh shit! It's I wanna, nice out there. I'd love to set up a little shop. The dream is to, for us to have a little, put a little warehouse on on a little piece of land that we own, and then on the weekends I want to do like a traditional Mexicano, like dig out a pool, yeah, and put a bunch of brazers in there. And oh, just shit. do cochinita on one, lamb barbacoa on one. Oh, a little and pit fires. On, on the weekends. You come, you can pick up your tortillas, and you can get a pound or whatever the hell you want. Oh, yeah. and take it to go. That's the dream. Shit. So we're already looking at the property out there, and Jesus Christ it's expensive. Everything is. It is so cost prohibitive out there because originally when I wanted to when I wanted to do the when I wanted to do the uh, the tortilla company, I wanted to do it. Uh, out in Napa Because that was my dream You know Yeah you
0: like that area It was like
1: Partner with a couple Shit Partner up with the winery And say hey Let me get like a small Little shitty acre mm-hmm. Let me put my little Tortilla thing in there I mean you don't need That much room I could put a tortilla factory The size of this apartment Really it'd be fine You just need one You'd be fine You have a You have your trough Where you, where you cook Your grinder And then your machine To pump them out yeah, I could do it all in a room This, like, this big but the, the trick of it is Is that you're just out there You're in wine country At the end of the work day You just go and have some wine You know Make some friends With the local wine wine guys And just yeah. Sit back man yeah, have, gonna, like, have a little farm With some pigs And some some goats Have some cabrito You know what I mean Like yeah, cabrito. But So I was like, You know what It's so expensive I'm going to do it in Texas Well shit Now it's almost Damn near as expensive <laughs> Yeah yeah But We'll see what happens see, I, I believe the universe Will, will deliver it for me <laughs>
0: Favorite uh, style of music?
1: Favorite style of music? Oh, like shit. a country
0: guy, you a metal guy, like girls, you know.
1: You know what? I'm really, in my old age, I'm really into yacht rock, dude. Like really? 80s pop, I guess. Like Hall & Oates, Christopher Cross. That's the type of music. I guess people would call it, I guess, I think the reason why I like that music so much is because that's what my parents listened to yeah. when I was a kid. Whenever we would go driving around. That was the music on. Back then, it was Sonny Melendez, 102.7, KTFM, or whatever. <laughs> but I just love that old school, like, you know, a lot of Hall Notes, Christopher Cross, stuff like that, Michael McDonald, uh, you know. But I also, too, like some Tejano. Oh, yeah. You know. You guys Reminds me listen. of,
0: like, weekends or, like, kinkses, Yeah. You know, a party, or good time. Kind and of it
1: was pretty cool because when, and when me and my wife went... We got married in November, so we were in we went to California and I was lucky enough to catch uh Chicano Batman in LA and uh Bobby O'Rosa in uh and Brainstory in LA. Two separate shows back to back. It was fucking rad. Sure. I like that Chicano soul music too. Yeah, like yeah, Chicano yeah. Batman.
0: hmm
1: I, I guess it depends all but if I if I'm completely honest, I'm listening to a lot of the oldies now. Like, you know, she's like my wife visits the country, when she's not in the car, I'll switch it to like one oh one, like these like a Kono or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's just chill music, you know. Nostalgic. Nostalgic. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, favorite cut of meat. Favorite cut of meat for I'm like, gonna, a, say, like a cow.
1: I'm gonna have to go with the Lengua, dude.
0: You think the Lengua, That's a <laughs> fucking good cut, actually. Yeah, and it's <laughs> weird
1: because because when I I used to I used to braise the shit out of it into yeah. where it was like like barbacoa, but now I I subie it because I like the texture of it. I like to slice it and have it. I like to cook it because when I cook lengua, I cook it for minimum 24 hours on sous vide at 154. Well, you, and you
0: sous vide it all the time now.
1: I, I don't even do it. That way I just put it in there and I, I don't have to worry about it. Uh-huh. You know? If I want if I want, if I I want want lengua on a Sunday, I'll put it in on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Friday night, I'll let it go. Friday night, all a Sunday, all a Saturday, and then Sunday night, I'll pop it open. Sure. And when you cook it at 154, Versus like a braise between 175 180, it's still soft as shit, but it's structurally sound. You could slice it; it doesn't fall, it fall apart. Hard and everything. I don't know if you had the tostada I had at Jason Dady's thing. at The, the get, yeah, yeah, I had the tostada on that. That's why it was like that. It wasn't know. all because sometimes, like was like sometimes when you make lengua and you're like, how do I know it's lengua? Because it's all it just looks like babacoa to me. Yeah. But yeah. when you cook it like that, when you slice it, and it's weird because that's how the Europeans eat it. Yeah, Europeans eat it, they do a lot of tongue sandwiches, mm. and they do it the same way. They they do it. I don't know about sous vide, but they they cook it at a lower temp longer, so that way it, it holds its its, it's, its structure. Shape. As yeah, one. but I like the texture of it, you know. Yeah. And then the the fat, you know, just like in nature and anything, the the most flavorful cuts of the animal are going to be from the working muscle. That's why. Mm. That's why lamb and goat neck is so good. Yeah. That's why beef cheek is so good. Because what's the fucking cow do all day long? chews. <laughs> all day long. Chews, chews, chews. Same thing with the neck. I love But lamb. they're
0: usually not a quick cooking muscle either. No, know. yeah, no. It's a brazier. It's yeah, a brazier. It's a brazier. Yeah, it's You're going to
1: have to cook it for a while. But when you do, I mean, Jesus. And then the fat to me is different. Like the yeah. fat you get. That's why whenever I cook it. Whenever I cook lingua or beef cheek, I don't hardly put any fat in the bag. I'll maybe put a quarter. A quarter stick of butter or something, just, just for I just like put butter in everything. Yeah, yeah. But, but the fat tastes different. The fat from the cheek or the beef meat of the beef cheek or the tongue tastes different than the fat you're getting from the rib eye. Gotcha. It's just a different fat. No, yeah. For I don't sure. know why. I agree. The and that's why I like old dairy cows too. Really? Dairy cow meat. I've gotten an old dairy cow and it was like just and, massive. And and when you look at an old dairy cow's fat, it's yellow like no, butter. It's
0: also very old, I guess, because older the fat's yellow.
1: It's yellow, and plus it's 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 grass fed versus, versus grain, grain fed, and it's 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 allowed to live longer, and it's like I think from from calf to 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 dispatch on a regular beef cow is I think nine months. Yeah, but dairy cows go up to two years and a little bit more. So that fat is gonna be way more flavorful than the fat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even though you know it's not natural for 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 uh, for cattle to eat grain, but they finish them off on grain because of because the American diets are not just Americans, I guess. I think the higher
0: quality taste in meat is like that grain fed. It's hard to compete with. Yeah, and
1: it's weird because like all my family, you know, my uncle Mike, man, he was a he's a he's. In my family, you were either a butcher or you were a salesman in, in the meat company. So he was a salesman. My dad was a butcher. I was a butcher. But I tried to tell him about fucking 10, 15 years ago about grass-fed. And he was like, that shit's never going to go. That shit's never going to last. Like, mm-hmm. people want the... And he's right. Most people don't like yeah. grass-fed. Yeah, there is gaminess to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I love that. That's flavor. When you make a stock out of beef bones that are grass-fed versus a, like a factory...
0: Yeah, it's beefy.
1: It's way more, it's way different. It's way more different, and I love it.
0: Yeah, I love it, too. My yeah, kids, not so much. The kids that. are
1: like, what's that smell? Because I'll, I'll let my socks go for like two, three days. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the whole, the whole, for like a week, it smells like, they're like, what's that gaming? They don't know what, they don't know what gaming is, but that's yeah. what they're smelling. Yeah, right? like, they, what's that smell? Some, <laughs> that bomb but but when that. I make them a freaking meal, they're like, ooh, that's good. I see, well, there you go.
0: <laughs> uh, what's your favorite uh, shoe brand? Which one did you go to? You Adidas, you Nike, you a uh, you a K Swiss, what are you man? Old
1: school K Swiss, man. That was that was my jam back in the day. <laughs> right. I, that you know, every year for Fiesta you'd have to go get a new pair of K Swiss. So they're clean and white. Just man. so they can get stepped on and shit and start, you have to fuck somebody up, man. But nah. But uh I, I miss K Swiss, dude. You know, if I have to if I have to be hundred percent honest, shit the past. Fifteen years? I'm not to say Birkenstock with the freaking really? chef shoe. Oh, <laughs> but you know what? There's nothing like a nice pair of Gucci loafers, dude. Gucci loafers. Yeah. yeah. I've never put Gucci loafers on. Oh my god. You know, I wasn't always a, a a kitchen guy too. Like there was little parts of my life where I I was a club owner for a little bit. I don't know if you were ever how old are you? 30. Thirty. so you probably remember there was a club back in the nineties called Planeta Mexico over off of uh, I was part owner there for a while that was when I was in my my bad boy days but uh, <laughs> but yeah I used to wear suits and, and have nice shoes and belts and, and Gucci's a nice pair of Gucci loafers man and they last forever but they're you know back then they were about 400 I was I wanted to buy some for my wedding that damn things are like $900 now for shoes too dude yeah but they last forever they last yeah. for 20 years you know what I mean you take care of them yeah yeah There's nothing like high quality leather lasts forever
0: I used to get a lot of SAS shoes for my work shoes. Yeah, because yeah. it's a comfort, dude. Yeah, yeah. Dude, they measure my feet. Yep. You know, when I go to the one-off of... Uh Fucking salsa, they funny. sell the popcorn for like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. funny
1: because we used to make in, in school. We used to make fun of the lunch lady shoes, but shit, that's what the those They're so comfy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like nurse and lunch lady. My grandma shoes.
0: bought them one time for me once for work in and, the and kitchen. I was like, oh
1: yeah, fucking amazing.
0: Like, yeah, I mean, and it was like you wearing the diabetic shoes. Like, I don't
1: care. They're comfy. Hey, dude. at some point you trade looks for comfort, mm-hmm. yeah Especially when you're a chef and you're on your fucking feet 12, 14 hours a day. You're, you're like, dude. And especially being a big boy, shit, my ankles, <laughs> yeah, my yeah. knees—you you know what I mean? You need some kind of other support. Oh my god! You and then they try to give you those mats on the floor in the kitchen. All you end up doing is just sliding everywhere. You end up freaking tripping because yeah, there's like an edge on. Yeah, man, it's like crazy. It's like a freaking death trap in the kitchen, man. <laughs>
0: Shit, hell yeah. And then uh, usually we'll do a we'll do a topic on what everything's going on. I've been thinking about like inflation lately. A lot of shit like how it's Oh effective. inflation
1: is hitting hitting the, the industry bad, man. Well I
0: mean we're all now getting paid more, but I don't feel like I am being oh, able yeah. to buy more. It cancels you know, it out. Inflation
1: like it? cancels out any kind of pay raise, you know? Because <laughs> what you could what you could buy for a dollar, now that you're making two dollars, well now what, what you could buy for two dollars it now costs two dollars, so it cancels it out. Yeah, yeah. But on a larger scale, it's really hurting the industry, the restaurant industry. I mean, if you just look at the price of oil, you used to be able to get a thirty-five pound box of oil from Cisco or whatever. Yeah. But like, depending on the quality, anywhere from like eighteen to twenty-four bucks. Now it's like fucking 40, 50 bucks for a box. That's crazy. Imagine if you have a, a a menu like uh that's your fry place, a fry mm-hmm. a, a, a Dude, you're you're getting murdered on that. Um, the cost of, of cheese and beef and and produce, everything is outrageous gloves, right now.
0: A box of gloves, dude. Yeah. Something that we have to have by like law. By law. Know? Yeah. You have to at least have it around where they can see it. It's fucking expensive. dude. It is, man. It's crazy.
1: <laughs> People, I'm like, dude. I just... Even plastic wrap, foil, everything is outrageous. You go to Restaurant Depot now, or if you have a, you know, if you're lucky yeah. enough to have enough. Uh, where you can allow a, a, a delivered order, man. It's it's a lot. It's it's actually a lot easier to hit that five hundred dollar uh, to get a delivery yeah, yeah, than delivery. to go to Restaurant Depot. They probably start charging
0: a, a delivery fee just. To oh, they, it oh, for they the always guests. have.
1: They always put it in there, and it's, they they hide it. If you ever look <laughs> at it, man. I remember I was working uh, for a couple years. I worked at uh, Retama Park. Mm-hmm. And the Retama Park is owned by a huge. Conglomerate that owns a lot of casinos. They own right. La Berge du Lac up in Louisiana and a couple of uh casinos in Vegas. So when you're on that level you get corporate pricing or whatever. Yeah. So it's like an even bigger discount because you're buying so much volume. Yeah. volume. And uh and I would get freaking orders that were fifteen pages long, dude, like twenty thousand dollar orders every week. This is during live racing season. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, that was one of the most hard jobs I had when I was working there. I was executive sue, which means I had to do all the fucking ordering and receiving. And in and, and, and a place like Ritama, which is weird, I didn't know that those places even, How I was like, how the hell are these places uh, survive? Like, I've never yeah. been to fucking Ritama. Exactly. Every day I would go there, it would be packed. The reason why? Gamblers and smokers it was one of the only places you could still smoke in a bar in Texas in San Antonio and then apparently gambling is a big thing I don't, I've don't. never there been is. a I've never had a gambling problem but, me either but, but there's a lot of people that gamble because I would see them every damn day dude and it's like a lot of older people trying
0: to hit that that win on that horse or yeah anything.
1: because you can bet around the world there they have a room that's nothing but TVs and you could be betting in, in some places it's dark you could be betting in China or fucking Saudi Arabia or it's it's a big thing I didn't know until I worked there I was like, "How does this place stay open?" That's how it's basically a it's basically a casino without slots, but just betting, like just uh, horse betting. It's still gambling. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so in that place, we would have shit fifteen different concepts. You'd have a sports bar, you'd have like a sit down restaurant, you'd have concessions. I had to order freaking ketchup in so many different ways. dude. (laughs) The big bibs, the big ones you put in the dispenser, the little packets, the, the bottles. so much shit, corn dog freaking sleeves and hot dog sleeves. Yeah, yeah. Just so much shit, dude. Like, it adds up. And then don't even get a started on their beer. Their beer cooler was probably as big as one of these whole apartment complexes, just for beer, just for beer, just kegs and, and bottles, dude. And That's they cool. would have, I don't know, because you know back then they used to have like fifty cent Fridays out there or even fifty shit. cent. Dude, it was crazy. I never really knew that that place was as popular until I got the job. The yeah, I've never like, really been there ever. Yeah, you and know? it's still open. So it's
0: like, I went there this past week for a carnival, but that was it. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: still open. Yeah, and then they do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they're doing the concessions for all that shit, too. It's crazy, man. It's big business. Gambling is the way to go, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Never been into it, you know? Not even on the food side of it. Oh, oh man! I've been on the stadium side of it and stuff, and the inflation on that too, dude.
1: Like, fuck oh, man. it's crazy. Inflation is crazy. It's scary. Well, it's weird because like
0: we're getting paid so much, and still can't find anybody who's willing to even do the work for eighteen dollars an hour to do a job that used to get paid fifteen. Like,
1: shit, ten. Do you know, minimum wage is still only seven dollars, bro. <laughs> federally, federally, what is it, make seven fifty? Seven, seven twenty five. 725.
0: Nobody can live off 725 in America right now. Nobody
1: can even live off $20 an hour. Forty hours a week at twenty dollars an hour, eight hundred dollars, less tax, let's say twenty-five percent. Dude, how much is okay, when I was living in LA, I, I lived in K Town, Teddy came out and saw me. <laughs> uh, it was weird because I was paying eighteen hundred dollars for a one bedroom room a one bedroom apartment with no air conditioning. And me being a Texas boy, I was like, What the fuck? Look. How am I gonna live without AC? And then she was like, Oh, you don't need it. And I thought she was bullshitting at the time I was like, Screw it. I was living on the fourth floor of a corner on a corner building. And honestly, I didn't need it until maybe August. Yeah, like that. Because when I was living when you're in Cape Town, you're living in LA proper. So it's not the valley. And the valley is where it's hot. Because it's lower. Mm. But LA proper is, you know, LA is nothing but mountains everywhere. It's, you're surrounded by mountains everywhere. It's badass. It's beautiful, and uh, and you get the breeze and it's cool. And as soon as the sun goes down, it's like sixty degrees Jeez. on the summer. Like it's awesome. Like you can have like blazers out there and wear them. You know you can't have a blazer in Texas. Dude. You're gonna be sweating your ass off.
0: Yeah, you look. You walk down the street in <laughs> a blazer like this. Yeah, yeah you're really. losing weight. That's a, sauna, <laughs> that's a sauna suit. Yeah, but
1: but yeah. So eighteen hundred bucks, man. And it was crazy, but there's so many people there. And I Teddy, dude, I took him to my favorite Korean restaurant place downstairs, which happened to be right at the bottom of my building. Hey, Jeong, Chong. Shout out to Hey, Jeong. Chong. Um, there's so many people in LA that there was three Korean barbecue restaurants in the same strip mall. And they were all surviving. That's how many people there are there. Jesus. Pretty much anything you can make, anything you open up will survive because there's so many people there. That there's, you're gonna have customers. Yeah, yeah. There's like something like 10 million people in 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 LA uh, county. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy, dude. It's dense, dense. It's but 1,800
0: a month for one bedroom. But
1: just like you know, like like that. So like so like when I was working at that college place, just for a, for a, so you can have a, a thing. My salary was like 85 k, right? Which is about 50 here because of the cost. Yeah. You know, gallon of milk is $4 over there. You know, gas at the time was $4. I mean, that's $4 now. now again, yeah. But now gas over there is like $7 yeah. a gallon. That's crazy, dude. Crazy. And shit, look at diesel right now in Texas. Is yeah, almost it's almost 5 bucks a gallon. My
0: uncle's there and my cousin, their car salesman, they had some diesel trucks coming. He said, usually, like, you can't keep on the lot because they last so long. I was like, dude, it's been sitting there for a month. I know,
1: I'm, I'm in the market right now for a diesel for my food truck. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm trying to get a loan right now from Lyft Funding so I can go get a diesel, man, because even an old, old diesel truck, like, I was looking at one from, I, the one I wanted was like a 2017 Dodge, it was beautiful. It was like 90 grand, dude. And that's what, five years old? And it had like 80,000 miles, which I guess on a diesel was nothing, it gave yeah. up to 500,000, but... Fuck man. So I started I was like okay babe well, let's like looking for a little bit cheaper one. 2012 was still 20k. Shit, you can get like a little baby Benz for 20k. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I need that 2500 engine to pull my trailer.
0: Yeah, that's the power you need.
1: Yeah, you need that you need that transmission that. You need to be able to pull it because you probably could pull it with a 1500 truck, but that truck's going to last you a year. You're going to run through the freaking transmission on that <laughs> damn thing. You have to spend Ten grand or five getting, grand yeah. or however many grand it is to fix things nowadays. Jeez.
0: Yeah, because it's there's not it. getting cheaper. Mm-mm. It's getting more expensive more expensive. I just don't understand. Like, the whole inflation is affecting the work and the people still in our industry. I feel like there's less of them that are in our industry.
1: Well, I don't think there's less. I think everyone's doing what we're doing. They don't want yeah, yeah. to stay at a certain place and they would rather be kitchen mercenaries and start their own yeah. businesses. True. Because why are you going to go bust your ass? For nothing when you shitty, I would rather bust my ass for myself than for somebody else and, and yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And then at least you'll have an ownership in it. It lets you like help more people too. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Like the whole helping people to be successful. It's like, dude, if I can help three people a year yep. with their businesses whenever they need it versus just yep. one place and I'm not even helping myself. You know? Yeah. And that's <laughs> why,
1: you know, I'm so so fortunate to be friends with people like uh James Cantor, man, because that guy gives me a lot of work. Like I've been able to survive and and actually put money into to my business, yeah. Right. Because he pays well. Shit, you know he pays up to twenty twenty five dollars an hour, depending. Because he's he's a cook and he knows how hard it is, and he, and he knows he would rather pay twenty five dollars an hour for a guy that can do the work of four dudes than pay four guys that don't know what the hell they're doing for ten dollars. Yeah, I go help out, and then you have to 80. be there the whole time and watching them. You know what I mean? You have to, <laughs> no, don't do that. Yeah. Go get me the dehydrated water from the walk-in.
0: <laughs> That's how I get the gig at the stadiums right now. I mean, they hire temps, which are like twenty-five dollars an hour, and I'm cheaper than that. No,
1: it's, they get paid twenty. They probably temps are like forty to fifty dollars an hour.
0: They hire the temps out, and they're just like they don't know what begging to do. for people to yeah. like go in there and like get paid. And I'm just like, I got, I'll take the work. I'll take the work. You know, yeah. I'll be there on the game day. Yeah, watch this thing play. Watch the game a little bit, and then yep. Make my money and go, you know. You know, it's 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 crazy,
1: man. It's crazy right now. Crazy times. I don't know if it's ever gonna go back or if it's gonna. I don't, add think, us out I don't or... think
0: the pay is gonna go back. Oh, it can't not, not, not with how much inflation is going on. Something's right gonna
1: have to happen. I mean,
0: well, you... what two thousand eight, two thousand nine? There was that crash, and now it's kind of like the same thing now. Yeah, Where it's like it was struggling to make it and everything's getting expensive. that's you know
1: to be completely honest you that's another reason why I haven't really been pushing forward with my with my food concept because yeah. it's just so iffy right now. You know what I mean? Like Yeah well, people are asking and they're they're like, cost why don't you start everything.
0: a restaurant because I did say I was like, you know, I thought about a restaurant but I was like, what if I just start like a different food company that's not a whole restaurant and a right. whole building and a whole finding a crew
1: and right it's know. it's and then you know not only that but what they don't tell you about when you start your own business man is like when you get to employees and stuff all the damn insurance you have to get
0: no yeah you you pay the state for the privilege of employing somebody
1: yeah it's crazy that's why they have all those loans like if you have any employees but even then it's not going to equal it and level it out you yeah know? it's it's. That's why I'm like, come on, tell my daughter and her boyfriend, okay, come on, <laughs> you know, i just there. You go, you know, exactly. Because like, if you were to like legit you, would have to get um, workman's comp insurance, uh, all these different kinds of insurance. Man, at the end of the day, you're not making shit. You're working your you're working your ass off to make, say five or ten percent. Unless you're making a million dollars a year, that five or ten percent ain't shit.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you get the whole dollar and out of all the hundred pennies, five pennies go to the profit. It's like, how many freaking, how much profit yeah. do I need to like be, yeah. be successful? It's crazy, man. It's scary. I've done it I've in my business that the profit's small, but everything's paid, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of thing, but they don't, they don't grow like these giant corporations
1: are able to. That's why I'm more of like trying to slowly kind of make my way into food manufacturing because, you know... And where I screwed up with the tortillas is, the tortillas is a great idea and a great concept, but the fact that my tortillas need to be refrigerated, it Uh. limits me from going, uh, it doesn't really limit me, but it makes it cost prohibitive because if I had something that was shelf stable and I went online, I could sell it and I could ship it anywhere and I wouldn't have to worry about temperature, but if you order my tortillas and I've sold tortillas to New York where they've paid more for fucking shipping than the actual damn tortillas. Tortilla. Sure. But they had the money and they wanted those yeah. tortillas and God bless them. Thank you very much, New York. Yeah, but right. you know, that's few and far between. You know what I mean? It makes it so I think the next thing that we're 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 focusing on is doing because since we already have the grind the the grinder, I wanted to do uh like mollus more or less sh- shelf stable oh, okay salsa okay. matcha stuff like gotcha, that gotcha you. all yeah, that yeah. shelf stable you know mm-hmm. so that's something we're looking into also but that's something I'm interested too because like my aunt wanted to do this uh salsa
0: company because I have a, I I have a DBA or whatever or I have a business but all it is is called sustainable organic local recyclable eats and I didn't know what to do with it now mm-hmm. I would just put a box
1: around whatever I was going to do yeah. basically Yeah. So. no that's the way to do it man because <laughs> Whatever you can do to get that state tax ID, and then you, then you can start making money. Exactly. That's
0: yeah. all it was. Was they're like, "Oh, you guys!" I was like, "All I did was get the right to get taxed." Yeah, that's all it is. Dude.
1: Like, <laughs> so you can pay the man, and once you once the man gets her cut, then w- yeah, w- you know. w- <laughs> <go on. laughs> and then. And then you got to get past the the inspections, the health mm-hmm. and health health department, which was a pain in the ass, especially when you're working in a food truck, because, for one, it has to be done yearly. And that stuff gets it's cost prohibitive. You have to have uh, all your fire extinguisher, your agile systems, your, yeah. you make sure your refrigeration, and you have your fire, your health, and it's just a pain in the butt, man. Add it
0: on to the name, and it's crazy
1: car. because I know a lot of food truck operators that they don't even they pay for it once so they can get the sticker, and then they don't ever really you know, taking a chance. They just you know, take that chance, you know, taking a chance, and. They try to say, oh, well, if I go at night, they can't mess with me. Well, sometimes they mess with you at night. They'll follow you. They'll, they'll send somebody out late, you know. <laughs> their, their thing is, well, if it's not during bank business hours, they're not going to come. The inspector's not going to work till midnight. Yeah, yeah till midnight, so midnight. I'll work late or whatever, but, you know, it's still it's taking a chance, man.
0: That's that whole thing about, like, when you got a restaurant, it's like, oh, it's 6 o'clock. There's no way no health inspector's coming in. Guys. Yeah. But yeah. Put the it, veins out. Yeah, you know, it's all good, all good now. <laughs> Get yeah. the shark from hanging down on the thing, let's put it backwards. And
1: you know, I'm not against health inspectors. I, that's you know, no, public health is a good thing, but man, some of those guys, they're just they're overzealous, you know. And, and that's another thing that I was learning when I was trying to do my my charcuterie is like you know, they they don't want you to have a certain temperature, like say when you're curing meats or, or, or you're making mm-hmm. salami and, and you have to have your humidity at a you certain have way. A plan or Yeah, whatever. you have to have the hassle plan or whatever and they're like I remember one time they came in. And they were like, "Oh, this thing's reading 55 degrees. All this shit needs to be thrown away." I'm like, "Dude, that's that's what the whole thing is for." And, and you, so you're gonna tell me that this thousands-year-old method that have been around forever
0: yeah, is, is not them,
1: safe? It's like you know, it's like the refrigeration of eggs or certain cheeses, raw milk cheeses. I mean, this has been around for centuries, for millennia. Yeah. But because of the the USDA says this. That it has to be refrigerated now or something, or it's not safe. That's why you can't get a decent creme fraiche here. I mean, you can make it, but yeah, you, you can't can go make it. to, yeah. I mean, I think now you can go to. I remember there was a time in the 90s where you couldn't even get creme fraiche from a store, like, you could probably find creme fraiche at like the better markets, like Central Market, probably, or stuff like that, or even cultured butter. You can get it now. But there was a time in the 90s, man, where you couldn't even fucking, you couldn't even buy it. It was illegal. People were sneaking fucking cheeses in from Europe in their baby's diaper bag and shit. It was crazy, bro. Yeah. And then and in, 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 in Cali, when they banned foie for a while, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Because it's unfair to the animals. Shit, that's, if I'm going to die, if, I don't, if you're going to die regardless. Eat all of me. No, I want to be eating all that good shit before I die. You know what I mean? like, hell yeah. yeah what's gorge your last my meal? Ass. Hey, fuck it. What's your last meal? It's, it's cruel. Yeah, well, the, the geese that are out there that are all fighting to get the nipple, they don't seem like they're having a bad time before they get slaughtered. I mean, they're going to get slaughtered regardless. They're no, going to yeah. get slaughtered whether they gorge them or not. You know what I mean? It's still food. I don't know. Some things don't make sense to me. No, a lot of things don't really make sense, you know. Whatever. <laughs>
0: That's the way it goes. Yeah. Any uh, last words or anything for anybody in the industry? Anybody going through it, you know?
1: Uh, To all the young cooks, read. Read all you can. Read as much books as you can. Find a good mentor. Somebody that has been in it, that can show you the ways. You know, I I believe if you can save 10 years of your career by listening to somebody that does it. Because I know a lot of these young cooks, they come out. Of culinary school and they think they know every damn thing or even now that nowadays people aren't even going to culinary school they watch a couple shows and they think that they can it's a lot more than that like you you can have a good work ethic and you can have good drive and everything but you need to listen to people that have been doing it i mean i think you're going to save yourself a lot of time and frustration get a good mentor and be selective of who you choose Somebody reputable, somebody with a good reputation in the industry, somebody who's, who's got a good character, somebody that, that you know, somebody that you know, somebody clean. I've I've noticed a lot of good chefs that are dirty man, and it's
0: like, <laughs> it's I don't know, it just freaks me out. But, yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: But yeah, just to the young guys, you know, find a good mentor, read a lot, read a lot. I'm, I, I don't. I don't think people need to go to culinary school. I didn't even finish culinary school. It got so cost, it cost, uh, it cost too much. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I got a little trouble with the law and I couldn't (laughs) afford it. But uh, I I couldn't, you know, I, I still went out and achieved anyway because, you know, if you have your mindset and you have the passion for it, it can be done. But get a good mentor and get somebody that knows what they're doing to show you the way. Yeah, I hope you get that quicker. And, you know, God gives you two ears and one mouth for a reason, man. You know, listen. Listen to what people say. And for my people, for my OGs out there, man, keep your heads up. This shit can't last forever. Yeah. There's got to be light at the end of the tunnel sometime. And I think if we all stick in there, we'll be all right. No, I agree, 100. <laughs> percent A good mentor is like yeah. the best advice. A good mentor is the best advice, and I was fortunate to have some very good mentors, and I still have a mentor. You know? Yeah, right. It's not you like I'm like 46 ends. years old; it never ends. You know, there's always somebody that knows more, and there's somebody, you know, Jean Claude. He's shit. He's probably 74 now, but you know, somebody with a lifetime of work experience like that is invaluable. Like. Yeah yeah like you said it'll keep you from making mistakes in time yeah save you you time and save you face too because you know you don't want to be the guy that's saying something wrong you're repeating something you heard something from a a a mentor that didn't know what the fuck you were talking talking about about. and you took it as scripture and you're out there reproducing it and then you find out after the fact oh for 20 years I've been telling (laughs) people this you got egg on your face man (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, thank you Not for coming great. out here, man. Not I appreciate cool. it. I had I fun, man. it, yeah,
0: For sure. Let oh, everybody yeah. know where they can reach you or meet you up or anything. Uh,
1: yeah, you can follow me on my socials, uh, at Tacos Kukui SA on Facebook and Instagram, um, Uh I do local deliveries. Um, I have a storefront now in the co-op where I, people can come by and pick up. Um, and as soon as this weather changes it's already doing it now but I'm going to pull out a new spring menu and then also too I'm partnering up with a buddy of mine uh, Allenton Wainwright we're doing uh, because I love New Orleans is one of my favorite cities yeah yeah. and uh, I don't know if you've ever had Willie Mays chicken Mm -hmm. Willie Mays fried chicken Willie Mays fried chicken is a very it's a very famous restaurant in New Orleans Um, they do a wet batter chicken where it's like they they don't do like a flour. They do like a batter. Yeah, them.
0: like a beer batter kind of thing. Like kind of like a beer batter, but not a, but not a tempura. It's not yeah.
1: doesn't have carbonation in it. Hmm. But uh, so we're doing a Al's Chicken Shack. So it's gonna be like a New Orleans style fried chicken. Oh, and biscuits, really good. really good. Like karage style. Like it's no, like, not not. it's wet. No, know? it's 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 like almost like sticking sticking chicken in a pancake batter and a fried don't it. Don't Almost like a yeah, it's good. Really. I'll let you know, I'll keep you yeah, posted yeah, yeah, when we yeah. do it. We're we're still R and ding it right now because you gotta okay. get that shit just yeah. right. I'm but, more interested in life. But he's he's a guy that's been with me for a long time. He every I think he's worked at pretty much every restaurant I've ever worked at. I've always got him on, he's a good guy. Shit. Uh, he's a hard worker and uh, I figured, you know what, I need to give back to this dude. Yeah, yeah. Let for him sure. let him have a little ownership and his mm-hmm. shit, you know what I mean? So Al's Chicken Shack, so Al's Chicken Shack's gonna be opening up and we're gonna be sharing the food truck. Nice. So he'll he'll be going in there and I'll be doing my thing because eventually, like I said, I'm going to probably move away. I I think I want to focus more on the five hundred one C three and then my tortilla company and then start moving on to other because I'm getting too old, man. to yeah, yeah, yeah. be on the damn line. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not for sure. My knees. I want to be able to spend time with my family. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, I'm already forty six. I'll be forty six in May first, so I'm almost forty six. But I want to start pulling away a little bit from the kitchen and just start still spreading awareness, but. I think I want to just, you know, focus on my 501c3, the vital taco, and kind of spread awareness of of health, and, you know, San Antonio has such high diabetes, and, you know, I've had family members, I've had to have legs amputated, and, and it's just weird to me, like, man, how, just stop eating pandusas, you know? No, yeah, it's hard, I get, it's hard, you know? Stop I'm, stop I'm soda, you know, I'm the same way, I'm the same way, dude, I'm mm-hmm. the same way, but... You know, I'm starting to, so that's my mission too. I, my mission is by my next birthday, I want to lose another 100 pounds. So I want to be down to 225. Sure. And I'm, I'm putting it out to the universe and I'm telling everybody so that way I have to hold myself accountable. No, yeah. But I think there's nothing more, nothing could be more motivational for me to show people, like, this is what I believe in. And look, I did it. This is a picture of me, yeah. 450 pounds. And here I am at 225. That's half yeah. my weight. And I still eat freaking good food. <laughs> yeah, I didn't you know what I'm saying. Sacrifice everything. So that's so that's so that's what I'm gonna probably focus not eating on. nuts and salad
0: greens. <laughs> right. Picture, you know? right.
1: And people. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, Doc. Thanks, Paul. Awesome,
1: man. Thank you, man. Have fun.